The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia. What has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Bryce Stadium is second to none. And the rain breaks out in Columbia. It is good. Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina. It's gone. Touchdown. What a hit. He makes it in. Can you believe it? This game. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert, Bill Molinax, my wife doesn't like hanging around losers, and Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dabbitt. Greetings and good morning and welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Phil Molinax, Jamie Bradford here till one o'clock this afternoon. No JC, he is in horror as he commonly refers to it in one of his spots that would be Disney World. Who knows, maybe we'll be able to check in with him at some point in time this week while he's down there, but we know he's having a good time. Uh, Phil and I have both received photos throughout the morning. It is spring, even though in the Nana Sports chat box, I see that snowflakes have fallen in Florence and in Johnsonville, South Carolina, on the first day of spring. But somehow it was in the mid-80s back in February. Yeah, try explaining the uh, South Carolina weather to others. It's, it's impossible to do so. But by the end of the week, it'll be warmed up. And good thing because Gamecock baseball is alive and kicking, and they are kicking hard. A top 25 matchup will be coming to Founders Park this weekend because Missouri is in the top 25. Yeah, you heard that right. If you haven't heard yet, well, you've heard it here first. So uh, we're going to get into all of that. Of course, March Madness was wild all weekend long. The ladies are back into the Sweet 16. Uh, how about the World Baseball Classic? If anybody's checked in on that, South Carolina did receive a commitment this weekend. Uh, we do have some Carolina football stuff to get to. And if that's not enough, John Whittle will join us in 15 minutes. Keith Alsep at the top of the noon hour. And Derek Scott, the voice of Gamecock Baseball at 1220. It is a voice that was wearing quite thin throughout the weekend. He was... Uh, I asked him to come on yesterday, and he responded with, "Sorry, man, I'm unable to go. I, I gotta, I gotta get this thing figured out." He was on the injured list, and then he texted this morning, Phil, and he said, "Good news, I can talk today." I can speak. Uh, it I texted him in the middle of the game the other day. I said, "You need to drink some water," and he texted me back, "Bourbon and honey is what I'm after." Uh, but um, it all worked out for Carolina, no doubt. Signorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, and they will do anything, 
anywhere. You can be anywhere in the state of South Carolina, 803-407-9284. Design, production, installation, and service. Gamecock owned and operated. Signorama, we certainly appreciate what they do for us and for everybody. And if you look around Founders Park this upcoming weekend and you haven't been there in a while, all those signs, that is Signorama. Uh, vehicle graphics, banners, and more also. Signorama.com. All right. Well, uh, Phil, I mean, it was a pretty darn good weekend for uh, for South Carolina all across the board. Um, we'll get to the ladies in a minute. I, I don't think they played. I think they probably played their C-plus offensively, uh, played their C-plus basketball throughout the weekend, and they still won by a combined 63 points. So they're on to the Sweet 16. They'll find out who they play after tonight's matchup between Oklahoma and UCLA. As far as the baseball team goes, I mean, let's just be honest. They went to Georgia and beat the hell out of them after uh, Michael Braswell heard his number called. Mark Kingston dialed it up all weekend long. Every move he made worked, and he'll, he'll be the first one to tell you, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes it works out that way and sometimes it doesn't for coaches. Uh, players often make them look better than they are. Um, Coach Tanner was pretty good at having a feel for his club. And, and Coach King, hats off, man. I mean, every move he made this weekend, Phil, it worked. And after Braswell broke the dog's hearts in game one, uh, they, they broke their souls in game two and buried them in game three with that sweep and a pair of 10 run rules. Oh, I know. Yep. Yep. I mean, pair of 10 runs. And this is the first time we've implemented that this year, right? JB, it was like saved it for conference play. <laughs> Always yeah. good to see that. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Just saving it up, banking it up. And, and, you know, just like everybody drew it up, it'll be, uh, you know, South Carolina and Mizzou for first place in the SEC this weekend. <laughs> What a season they're having. I mean, it just, it, it was good. I think this weekend, JB, we got to see, see, you know, the defense kind of shore up a little bit. Pitching always, you know, continues to stay solid. The bats are hot. And, and you just knew when that first home run flew on the, on the opening, you know, batter yesterday. I'm like, oh, well, this we're we're going home with a sweep here. <laughs> this is over. We have killed them emotionally, spiritually. <laughs> it's over. Oh, it was it was it's the first sweep in Athens since 2010 for Gamecock baseball. It is the best start since the 2000 team opened the year 22 and oh, and that was in route to a 50 and six regular season. They would, of course, as we all know finish one game shy of getting to Omaha and the Super Regionals that year 56 and 10 was was the final record. This is the best start since then. Chad Holbrook's 2016 team did open 20 and 2, but not 20 and 1. Uh and and that's where they are and um you know Phil you um the, the first of all the 10 run rules they could have I think nine of those this year, if the rule was enacted throughout the season, not including conference play nine. All right. Uh, they've won 20 games. So you do the math. That's 45% of your games that you would have won by virtue of the 10 run rule. That's ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. 
I, I don't know how many times, JB, I've been listening to the radio call in the car and then switch over to where I can actually watch it inside the house. And in whatever brief span of time, there's like four runs on the board, more than there were when I walked out of the car. I mean, it just, it they're popping right now. And there is, they look unstoppable. Obviously, we know there's going to be, there's going to be times where everybody's not quite so hot and we're going to have, they're going to have to power through it and they're going to lose some more games. Uh, but right now, I mean, confidence builds, man. This this is a solid baseball team. Kingston is doing a hell of a job. Everything he did this weekend, like you said, was just masterful. And uh, good to see everything top to bottom. Just uh, put it all together here to start conference play. Yeah, and there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, uh, you know, very happy for Coach King and his staff because, again, everything they did this weekend worked. And 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 it, all, it also looked like th- – what they were trying to accomplish in the non-conference schedule, they they did. Uh, they 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 found who they wanted to find, in what roles they wanted to find them, and um, and then you saw this weekend. And of course, we got John coming up in a few minutes, and and we've got uh, the great voice of Gamecock baseball and basketball, Derek Scott, an hour or two, and and I'm really anxious to to go back and forth with them because um, they're just exceptional at this they see every game john was in the booth with Derek. As a matter of fact the other day uh, he popped in for a little bit so um but yeah i mean you know watching the leadoff game look i was fairly critical last week of of what they've been doing um um with the leadoff position it's been a struggle four of 12 this weekend uh and a couple of home runs by will mcgillis that left the yard so you know, that that spot this weekend, I mean, it just all clicked. It just all clicked. You, and you can't think of a better group of people to 10-run rule than Georgia. Um, <laughs> you know, they're barking and slobbering all over themselves and all that type stuff. You know, I'm just kidding. I know it was chilly. And, and you know, you throw into the fact, Phil, that you had Friday night rained out. And um, yeah. you know, that can throw some people off sometimes. And But the, the, it didn't. Not, not South Carolina. No, no, and it's good to see Braswell step up because, I mean, it's, he's kind of, you know, I know we've all had some off-air conversations just kind of wondering, you know, what's going on with him, you know, why is he not, you know, done what he uh, seemingly supposed to, and good to see him kind of get off the schneid and, and you know, put something together in that first, I think it was game one, right, when he had his opportunity. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and, and you know, it's because he's a good player. <laughs> You know, oh, I mean, there's no doubt about yeah. it. It's just like you just, you know, right now it, it's it's all about, you know, there's there's other guys, though, in front of you. And uh, and it's good to see him actually seize the opportunity and say, hey, I, I belong here, too. And and you knew with the doubleheader that there was going to be some, you know, weird lineup changes and things like that, just because you're going to end up having to play 18 total innings. Um, and, you know, when everybody given the opportunity seemed to just jump on it and, and run with it. With the new rankings, and we're about to tap into the Nanosports chat box as well. With the new rankings, Phil, um, South Carolina has 22 games remaining on their schedule versus top 25 teams. Uh, they have um, 12 games remain. I'm sorry. They have uh, 15 games remaining, or I'm sorry, 12 games remaining versus top five teams of those 22. Um, by the numbers right now, Carolina, uh, sits at number two in the RPI and they sit at number three in the non-conference RPI. 
Um, if the tournament was selected today, they would no doubt be a top eight national seed. They'd be very close to number one, as a matter of fact. Oh yeah. Um, and um, so they're they're just they're just rolling right along. I did see that Clint asked in the uh, in the Nana Sports chat box about the home runs. Uh, what is he asked me? What is your what is my theory on the home runs this season? Seems like the ball is flying out more so than normal, and not just in Columbia. Well, first of all. <laughs> the ball flies out of Athens, Georgia, uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Petri hit a ball this weekend that killed a guy in Macon. Yeah, uh, right. yeah, right. yeah. yeah. he's wanted for involuntary manslaughter in Macon. Yeah. He didn't mean to; it just kind of worked <laughs> out that right. way. Um, I sent that. I sent that to Smoke, and here's a guy, by the way, who was part of the five in a row in '06, and his in dishers in 06 were i mean just tanks petries went further than both by the way um and uh and he also hit one in 08 that went out that was hit so hard out of right center field it hit a tree limb and it broke it all right and smoke responded with holy blank that's coming from maybe the best hitter to ever play at south carolina so i mean you just just think about that for a second um Mm -hmm. uh, no, Ryan, JC did not yes. leave the show. <laughs> he's, uh, he's in Disney World with his family. He'll be back. Don't worry. Uh, we didn't we didn't get rid of him. So, um, you know, that should, that should tell you everything you need to know. As far as the home runs, you know, it's it, it's just been pretty consistent up and down the lineup. Um, they're not up there really trying to hit home runs. They're just up there, you know, uh, they've, they've really kind of shrunk the strike zones while you've seen a lot of call third strikes and things like that. Don't like that. Certainly nobody does. Monty doesn't either. Neither, neither does coach Kingston. Um, but you're teaching college hitters how to hit, um, kind of in a, in a pro way. And, um, so that's, you know, they've been up there looking for their pitch. And, and as Monty mentioned on our program before the season started, Phil, if you remember, he said, don't get cheated. Whatever happens, yeah. don't get cheated. Mm -hmm. Well, they ain't getting cheated because they leave no. the country in home runs, and, and the large majority of the balls that, that, that leave the yard are no doubters. Uh, it's just been unbelievable. It's just been unbelievable so far. But it's about to really kick into gear, as you just pointed out a minute ago, dude. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't inspired know. team coming in this week. Yeah. I mean, you know, and now it's like we're, yeah. we're all, at least me from where I sit, I'm like, okay, we got a game tomorrow. So here we are, the midweek game. So it's like now yeah. that we're having some success to start the SEC play, it, it, don't regress and fall back into losing your Tuesday, Wednesday game and then, you know, limping into your season. It was like, who we got Charlotte tomorrow in Charlotte or was it North Carolina tomorrow in Charlotte? Yeah, no, it's Charlotte. Charlotte and Charlotte. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a game you should win. Uh, so just don't, don't stumble. Of course, you know, cause there'll be, everyone will be torches and pitchforks at the ready. If something happens tomorrow, right? <laughs> calling it a fluke saying it's, yeah, I can only imagine what happens, oh but I mean, there's nothing that we've seen out of this team. I think that says that they're going to drop this game. Even if they get behind, I mean, they've showed it late inning comebacks. I mean, this team has done it. They've won every way this year, every way. Yeah, they really have. That's a great point. Uh, the 2010 team, by the way, the won the national championship. They got beat by Furman that year. 
Right. Yeah. So, There's I mean, always you know, inexplicable losses, right? It's baseball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's baseball. I, I mean, I saw somebody uh, tweeting before the game was even over on uh, Saturday. This would be a horrible, horrible loss if we lose this game. I'm like, an SEC road mm. loss is a horrible loss. <laughs> right. No, no, it's not. But good news. Uh, they didn't lose. So, unfortunately for Coach Kingston, uh, he is not undefeated. But he did point out before the season that he would not be undefeated. Um, but, um, you know, as Craig says, maybe, maybe he finishes 55-1 and one this year. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. so, all right. Uh, we will hit a timeout. Uh, John Whittle covers it inside and out. He's also headed – to cover some Gamecock football here in about 40 minutes. So we're going to snag him for 20 or so and see what he's got to say following the dog domination in Athens. Hang tight inside the Gamecocks. We'll be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right. Even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662. They'll be happy to sit down and talk to you at no cost about turning your backyard into a potential outdoor retreat. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss. Here in the upstate, give Cindy a call for your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. 
And Ryan, yeah, I know what that. Yeah, <laughs> those balls just hanging out in your yeah. yard. Yep, gonna have that HOA calling for sure. <laughs> there, yeah, there's a, that's, a, that's another good one. There's no doubt. Do we have Widow? Is Widow in there? He is not in yet. Not in okay. yet. I haven't even heard from John. Let me see. Text okay. him. Make sure he got the email. Yeah, I just sent him a text too. So. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. There's well, no uh, we'll um, we'll have him in here uh, momentarily. Craig says in the Nana Sports chat box, "What was so impressive about Braswell is that he got down in the count." And still got the hit. It was one two when he ripped it to right, and and that's true. And and you saw a lot of that this weekend. I mean, it's um, you've seen a lot. Look, the strikeouts have just kind of come with it, but you have seen uh, often, and a lot of these balls have left the yard uh, as the, the approach has changed has changed uh, with these hitters when they get down in the count. And um, I mean, one of Petri's balls that left the yard this weekend. Well, two of them were opposite field. Uh, Casas hit a ball that was oppo. Um, you know, so, um, shoot Will McGillis, uh, both of his balls went out of right field, you know? So like, it, it is just a, it's just a foul line to foul line approach. And, and it's been, I mean, it's been really, really impressive. And, um, I mean, Phil last week we were singing the praises and rightfully so we should, these guys deserve it. They deserve it. But, you know, Liam Sullivan, the, the starter in game two for Georgia, essentially was the best left-handed starter in the country uh, from a numbers standpoint coming into the game. And then you had the uh, Connor Tate, the left fielder, hitting 507, and the first baseman, a freshman, Charlie Condon, you know, carrying a 531 batting average into the into the weekend. And for the large majority of the time, they, they, they were quiet. Uh, matter of fact, I think that Condon started the – the series 0 for 6. He's a kid who's yeah. hitting 530. Yeah, and, had a terrible uh, Saturday, I know. You know, yeah. and, and he wasn't even and he wasn't even hitting it hard if he did hit it. Um, no, you know, no. so Gamecock pitching is just outstanding. It is just yeah. absolutely outstanding. But we got Whittle in. Let's bring him in now. All right, yeah, that's are. that picture you see there. That is not John. John, if you haven't figured it out yet. Um, that, that is Here's John. John. Oh, oh, there's John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's the logo of John. Uh, he is, uh, he's on the phone because he is about to head into, uh, the, um, the Gamecocks facility to, to cover some football stuff for us this morning, but we do have him and we will ta tackle a little bit of football with John Whittle, but, uh, he spent the weekend in Athens and he saw it up close and personal. And unfortunately it was, um, it was uh, it was animal abuse over there, John, uh, for the dogs versus the Gamecocks. What's up, man? Oh. Are you there, John? Is he come muted? in, Whittle? Come in. He might have the uh, mute button on his phone. There oh, he is. Yeah, that's true. Hey, John. Hey, am I here? You are yeah, here. here. <laughs> <laughs> can y'all hear me? Yes, yeah, yeah, we're so, good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be on with you guys. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, the series went uh, somewhat like I expected, but but certainly a lot better than uh, for South Carolina than I expected. Uh, I thought there was a, a chance you could go in there and, and, uh, and sweep the series. Figured South Carolina would win, you know, knew South Carolina would, would win on, on Sunday. But, you know, if, if uh, you know, you asked me to draw up what, what the first two games would look like i i certainly didn't have that one. Oh, i absolutely agree with you yeah there's no doubt uh, you know and and i thought 
John, I thought what happened in game one just really kind of teed, teed up what happened in game two um, because you Georgia felt like they had survived, essentially. You know, oh, my gosh, we, we survived. Uh, we're going we're, we're, we're to win a game here. Uh, we got Sullivan going in game two. Oh, no, you didn't. Uh, Brownsville <laughs> takes a one-two pitch down the right field line and breaks their hearts. Walk us through that, that moment there. When you saw Braswell walking up to the plate, I know you've mentioned a couple of times on the site that uh, he's a guy who's kind of picked it up of late, and Coach Kingston called his number very Ray Tanner-esque, and it sure did work out. Yeah, it was very Ray Tanner-esque because Ray would, would often, not oftentimes, but more more than most would would pull a pinch hitter off the bench and, you know, you kind of scratch your head, why is he picking that guy? But it would work out. And, you know, he would have his reasons, and, you know, we'd probably find out afterwards. But, um, but, but yeah, it, it, was, it was Ray Tanner-esque. And, you know, you mentioned that, um, you know, Bra- Braswell has been, has been better lately. You know, he's, he's kind of reengaged, and, uh, you know, he didn't have the best offseason, didn't have the best preseason. You know, he was, he was uh, I mean, he, there's a reason why he wasn't starting. And, you know, to be honest with you, first couple of weeks, if something happened to one of the infielders, it was probably Kevin Madden going in, or it may have even been been Will Tippett going in, both before Michael Braswell. But but Braz has worked really hard the last couple of weeks. He's 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 kind of reengaged and he's been really really good. And you know and and he's worked he's worked hard on his swing too, which was which was you know just as much of an issue as anything else. So you know when when they called Braswell out there, I thought you know what this is. This is a really good thing for him. You know, he's earned this opportunity. This is his home state. It's a school he, he is not fond of. Um, you know, this is a really good opportunity for him, and, and he came through. Boy, did he. Uh, you know what's been lost in a lot of this conversation with Michael Braswell, John, is that ball that was hit at third base that he backhanded and threw across the diamond. That was just a microcosm of the, of the defense this weekend. They played exceptional out there. Absolutely, and you know what? That's everything worked out for South Carolina in that in that first game. You know, I'm not sure that Talmadge Lacroix makes that play. Talmadge has done a really nice job at third base, but that was a that was a really tough play that you really got to make with your hands. And and Braswell has some of the best hands on the team of anybody. He gloved he gloved that ball very cleanly and was able to. To have have the presence to to look the runner back to second, and so you use a strong arm. He's got a uh, he's got a really strong arm over there. Use that to, to throw the guy out at first base. It was it was great presence there by him, uh, in 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 a great play, and it, and it was lost in that. And you know, and just as kind of an an aside, you know, the reason why Braylon Wimmer is playing shortstop and, and not Michael Braswell is because. Braylon Wimmer's got got more range, and you know he also made a play in that ninth inning, the one right before that, yeah. that uh, that that, or excuse me, right after that, that uh, really really helped South Carolina win that game. You know there was a, a a chopper up the middle that he was able to to get to and field behind the bag and, and make a good throw to 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 get the second out of the inning, and you know. Uh, Braswell, with all due respect, he probably doesn't make that play. Uh, he just doesn't have the same kind of range that that Wimmer does. So, you know, it's Mark Kingston's pushed a lot of the right buttons. Uh, 
early in this season, the first 21 games. And, and some, sometimes we recognize those things like the, the defensive plays from Wimmer and Braswell in that ninth inning, and, and, and sometimes we don't. But, you know, those, are, those were great plays, and, and, and Kingston's got, the, got guys in the right spots right now, and he's, he's pushing a lot of the right buttons. You got something, Phil? Oh. Yeah, no doubt, John. I was just going to say, I mean, if, if we're looking at, and it's interesting, Jay uh, brought this up about Braswell and the uh, play at third. You know, what is the depth situation? Like, I know we've got depth in pitching, obviously. We've, we've seen that. It, it continues to flex. Uh, are you confident or is it, you know, have you talked to anybody at the team that's confident that the depth uh, when needed in situation, you know, in situational, you know, kind of settings like that, when you're going to have to throw out more defense or, uh, you know, not necessarily worry about having the best bat in the box at the time. Uh, is the team prepared for that top to bottom? Yeah, I, I think so. There's, there's guys both in the infield and the outfield who can, who can come in and do various things. Like if you need defense, you can put Nevin Stone out there. Um, you know, if, if, if you need defense on the infield, you can move some things around. Michael Braswell, obviously, can go in there and play second or, excuse me, shortstop or, or third base. You know, Will Tippett can go play second base or shortstop. Uh, there, there's a lot of different things that you can do and, and still be still be competent defensively. And, you know, may, maybe, maybe uh, from an offensive standpoint, um, you know, maybe getting Jacob Compton back can help you a little bit offensively. I don't know. Uh, but but there there are certainly some strings you can pull from an offensive and defensive standpoint to to put yourself in a better situation, give you a better opportunity to make a play. How far away is he, John Compton kid? Um, it's 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 going to be at least a couple more weeks. You know, I'm not. It's not out of the question that that uh, he doesn't get the back back to a point that he can he can play at a high level this year, and he may. Just ultimately opt to, to to redshirt and come back next year. Um, you know that's that's probably a, a discussion for a couple of weeks down the road. But you know he's he had he had a setback. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. He had a setback, which happens a lot when you when you talk about the the back. And um, you know they they thought that they would get him back maybe this week, uh, or this past week against Georgia, but. You know, it's it's going to be at least a few more weeks after after having a setback here recently. Man, that's another guy who can who can sting it that you would have had in the mix here through the first twenty one games. He hit eleven bombs last year at Memphis and damn near hit three hundred as well. Uh, speaking of home runs, John, here's a stat for you through twenty one games. I'm sure you already know it, but opposing <laughs> Gamecock opponents. ERA versus South Carolina is 10.89. I don't think I've ever seen that through 21 games. The ball is leaving the yard uh, at an unbelievable, unbelievable rate right now, especially in this day and age, John. This isn't the the 90s anymore, Uh, but Carolina, don't tell them that. They've hit 56 through 21, and if you count Petrie's Three times, I guess you could say they hit 58. Because that ball, how far do you think that ball he hit out of left field went the other day? Ooh, I, I don't know. My my eye track man isn't always very good, but there were some. The the ball Cole Messina hit too. There were some very there were some towering and, and majestic home runs over the weekend. That's that, that's for sure. There the 
ball seems to travel a little bit further in Athens because after that fence, there's a there's a big drop off down into a parking lot, so the ball seems to to carry forever and ever and ever. But man, some of those balls really did carry forever and ever and ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I'd say that I'd say so. So you got the ball leaving the yard, and I'm going to ask you a little bit more about Petri here in just a minute. Um, one of my concerns coming into the weekend, John, was that the leadoff position. Uh, the, the guys who had been in that role walking into this weekend in Athens were a combined, not, not including pinch hitters or, or anything like that. These starters were 7 for 69 coming into the weekend. They went 4 of 12, uh, which is half of the hits they had all season long in that role, and two of the balls left the yard yesterday off the bat of Wilman Gillis. So do you feel like they've maybe found an answer there moving him back into the leadoff role? Um, I would like to tell you yes, but my, my feeling is no. Um, you know, I let, let me phrase it like this: He he may he may end up being the leadoff hitter the rest of the year, and he might be fine doing it. Like you're, there's just not a real true leadoff hitter on this team, in 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 a, in a great sense of the word, in, in what we visualize him being a, and uh, what we visualize him being a leadoff hitter. You know, Will McGillis, I I think he's a, a really good player. Uh, he gives you a, a great at bat most of the time up there, but. You know he's he's been a, a lifetime 260, 270 hitter. Uh, his on base percentage has has never been that great because he he strikes out a ton. He he doesn't walk a lot. Uh, he, he does get hit by some pitches, but you know if, he might be the best option up there for South Carolina to have a, a lineup that kind of clicks. But in terms of finding like a a real leadoff hitter, you know I don't think South Carolina really has one. So. You know, it, it may be that McGillis ends up being the, the best option, but uh, he, he doesn't check a lot of boxes that you look for in, in, in a leadoff guy. Yeah, well, neither does Ethan Petrie. We're never going to see him in the leadoff role. This kid, <laughs> I, I look, man, I um, John, we've been around a long time, brother, uh, seeing a lot of unbelievable freshmen come through South Carolina. I remember Smoke's freshman year very well, as a matter of fact, and I think a lot of people forget that through the first half of the season, or almost the first half, um, you know, he was, I don't want to say struggling, but he certainly wasn't what he turned into. It just took him some time to adjust. It has taken this kid zero time to adjust. He he adjusts every at-bat uh, with however he needs to. He adjusts every pitch. I mean, what? Can you? Is there anybody that you can remember in this uniform, their freshman year, that you can look back and compare this this kid to? He's been a monster. Well, it's it's a good question, and, and Christian Walker is the is the only one that really comes to mind. But you know, he even went through about a, a month period where 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 he really struggled, and, and there's going to be a time when when Petri struggles too. Like sure, you know, sure. There, there's gonna there's there's going to be uh, a couple of weeks, may, maybe even a month, where you know he's not producing at the same clip. Um, and but but man, he's been so good so far. And, and like you said, he he's he's been consistent. He's made adjustments. He he's been a complete hitter. He'll take some walks. He'll use the whole field. Use power to the whole field. Um, you know, it, it's it's been really impressive. And you know, Walker's probably the most recent uh, freshman hitter who who's been that good. Carlos Cortez or Max Schrock may kind of raise their hand, but, you know, I, I, I think that uh, I, I think it goes back to Christian Walker for it to, to even be a discussion. But, you know, I, I think the biggest key for him has just been the fact that he plays 
so a so confidently, but b so loose. Like he he has good perspective. Like it's it's hard for baseball players in general to 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 not live and die on every at bat or not carry that last at bat back with them. And 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 Ethan does a really good job of of keeping things in perspective and and shrugging off any bad swings or bad bad plate appearances. Now, he'll get mad at himself for a second, but he'll learn from it and go back and, and, and that next at bat do better. So, you know, I, I think having a, having a, a sound mind has been is is beneficial for him. Is is uh, you know ha- having the the sound baseball approach and sound sound uh, physical tools. Yeah, this is a kid too that he's had to. Well, now you see why King was like, okay, well, we got to have his bat in the lineup, so he's going to learn how to play the outfield. Is he is he more of a first baseman, John, long term or? Um, that's that's a really good question, and and I I don't have a great answer for you. I I, I think first base might be end up being a, a a good spot for him, but you know I I think he can play third base. So okay, I think he can play third base well enough, and you know I I didn't think Christian Walker could do that. I I thought that he would ultimately end up at first base and just be kind of a shorter guy over there but Petrie's got size being six three six four whatever he is and and but you know I, I think he can I think he's got the traits to play third base I think he can be good enough to play in the outfield you know he's he's getting more comfortable out there with his routes and so forth he's not slow uh, in general no. it's cer- certainly not for for a guy his size it's more about getting comfortable out there I think I think he can stick out there at least at this level. I think he can play third base at least at this level. Uh, maybe long term is, is first base from a from a pro standpoint. But you know, I don't I don't think he needs to be limited to, to just first base in, in any time in the near future. All right, we'll get you out of here in just a just a couple of minutes. I, I, one more quick one here on one of the guys in the lineup, Caleb Denny. Um, you know, when he, when he got that bunt down this weekend, John, I thought, all right, that'll get him going. You know, it's, it's, it's always those that seem to really get a guy moving. I think he maybe had one or two more knocks after that, but he's a better hitter than the 253. He really seemed to kind of fall into a slump when they moved him into that leadoff spot. Um, signs of life from Caleb Denny this weekend in your mind? Yeah, I think so. Some signs of life, I think is, is about right. You know, when, when South Carolina recruited all of these hitters out of the portal, they they were going for some power. They were going for some some. They they were really kind of going for for some blue collar guys. And you know, Danny was kind of the one guy that they recruited as just kind of a pure hitter, just kind of a a sweet swing who can do a lot of different things. Uh, just that like that. That's what they envisioned Caleb Denny as. Like they thought that he. He would be the three-hole hitter on the team this year, like that—that that kind of swing, that kind of approach, that kind of ability. Um, you know, he, he looked that way for a long time preseason and, and early season. Um, you know, but but he's hit a slump, and and I basically that's a long-winded way of me saying I think he's a really good hitter. I think he's got a good approach. I think he can do a lot of different things well, and it's just a matter of time before he gets it back. You know, there's. Plenty of baseball people who will tell you you've got a lineup of nine players. Three are going to be performing better than they should. Three are going to be performing about like they should. And three are going to be performing not quite as well as they should. And Caleb is certainly one of those guys in the last three. But he's going to get it back and, and get it going again before too much longer. And I think 
I think this past weekend was was certainly a sign of that. All right, John. Uh, even even the uh, wittiest of whittles probably couldn't have uh, couldn't have claimed this upcoming series as a big one in the SEC. Uh, final quick question for you here: Missouri is now in the top twenty-five. Uh, they are off to an outstanding start, following their sweep of second-ranked or formerly second-ranked Tennessee this weekend and let's not forget that to open the season down in arlington in the college baseball showdown they did also take down texas and tcu uh they're 16 and three they've hit over 300 as a club they seem to throw it pretty well i'm not sure i haven't paid much attention to them until this weekend how much attention have you given to them and what else have you learned as we get ready for a top 25 matchup at founders park on friday Right, right, wrong, or indifferent, Missouri basically ridded themselves of their entire roster after the 2021 season. Um, that's how Brant Belk ended up at South Carolina last year, who ended up being a really good player. But they basically basically started from scratch uh, after 2021. And they, they had a nice recruiting class coming in, in in 2022 and brought in some good players. And, you know, sometimes it, it takes things, you know, a little bit, and takes takes it a year to to kind of come together and gel, and you know they they're a little bit more talented, and they they've got they've got new they've got new guys and kind of a new I don't I'm not in the program enough to know what their their attitude is like, but I, I do know that it that was a big point of emphasis in in trying to turn things over there a couple of years ago. So it seems like from a from a very outside perspective that things have gone really well over there this year. Uh, I watched uh, a, a couple of – I watched a few innings of them against Tennessee. They take good at bats. Their their pitchers are competitive in the strike zone. You know, I, I, I liked them. And they, they, they aren't intimidated, which is uh, a, another thing that, you know, I was kind of able to, to pick up on this weekend. They, they chirped a little bit. They were – I mean, they, they, were, they were a fun team to watch against a really good Tennessee team. So, you know, I, I didn't expect them to be top 25, but – but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's become a much more competitive series than I thought it would be. There's no doubt. Well, Carolina can knock them back out of the top 25 if they take care of business. But uh, they, got, they got Charlotte and Charlotte tomorrow. John, you're about to walk into the football facility. What's going on over there? Who's meeting with the media today? We got a whole slew of offensive players today. So if, uh, uh, and and I, think it's all, I think it's a lot of the big-name big guys, too, with, with uh, Spencer and and to carry on and Luke and and a bunch of returning guys, so I, I it's it should be uh, should be a big big day over here at the football facility. bunch of bunch of big name offensive guys talking. We'll look for all those reports to begin trickling out later on this afternoon. I'm sure somebody will ask to carry on Joiner about a potential move to running back. Maybe that'll be John Whittle. John, great stuff. Uh, I know I uh, enjoyed hearing you on the radio this weekend, too, over there with Derek and Tommy. Great coverage. We'll see you soon, okay? Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. It's great talking to you all. Thanks, John. Always. There you go. The best in the business covering Gamecock baseball. Oh, yeah. Is John Whittle with uh, thebigspur.com. You know this guy's. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's 1145. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll hit a quick timeout. Got a bunch of stuff in the chat box, Phil, that we'll get to. Um, and uh, I know when, when I last time I saw you, you were in first place. I want to find out if you're still in first place in our uh, in our ten thousand dollar bracket challenge. 
We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm, uh, oh, we're going to expose him when we, when we get back. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one price, low cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs. And I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline it picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. He's got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who's born a crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the peck in order to... Welcome back, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Brought to you by Express Sun Rooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team. You can also email John B at expresssunrooms.com. They'll be happy to talk to you about getting some more sunshine into your life. And Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate, happy to handle all your upstate residential real estate needs. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271. So JB, like- our brackets. How's your bracket? Yeah, yeah it's I'm going to deflect you. <laughs> no, because no. you're, you're still, uh, you are, you're in your second, you're in second place. Yeah. I'm in sole position of, yeah. What third, I think. Yeah. yeah third, well, Cause there's, there's a tie for first. Yeah. Bennett, uh, oh, congrats to my man, my yeah. man Bennett and Ryan Burns. Yeah. Ryan Burns, Bennett Ganey. Congrats. You, you snuck a couple of, uh, games from me yesterday. <laughs> 
Yeah, they <laughs> and y'all are all really still alive because your national champion, like their their national champions are Alabama. Yours is Houston. Mine is uh, Purdue, and they're not alive anymore. That was wild, well, dude. That was nuts. I know. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I could that, not believe it. That was nuts. Like I, we had a couple people at the house, and they're like, "Who the hell is Fairly Dickinson?" And where? Right. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, well, that's um, they're uh, well, oh, I, yeah. you know, but they're they're up there in um." Well, damn it! Who is that? Where are they? <laughs> I had to go figure. I out learned their- from Google. It's yeah. New Jersey, yeah. Hack- Hackersack, Hackersack, yeah. New Jersey. Uh, which is that the is that the origination of the hacky sack, or do we know? Mm. I doubt it, but that's interesting. I've never even thought about that together before. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you're so you've got four. So you, my entire final four is still alive. That's the key, I think, at this point. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and we're, yeah, because somebody in front of me has already lost two of their final four. Well, um, Jace, yeah, they who was that? Bennett, yeah, Bennett. Mm-hmm. Bennett's got two. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah, Bennett's lost two of his four. Ryan still has all four of his four together. And I was worried that we'd have similar ones and I wouldn't be able to gain ground. But our final fours are different, which means... One of us can, you know, take sole possession of this thing here probably in about three days. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm totally so done. we can uh, win JC's money. Let's go. <laughs> hope JC there saves it is some. again. He's down yeah. there. In the ten ten thousand dollars, man. <laughs> Hopefully he had a couple of those before he left. <laughs> yeah. Uh the uh seventy six says FDU and FAU was a solid game last night until the very end. Yeah, and then that, that yeah. kid tried the windmill dunk and he missed it. Boy, they weren't happy about that, were they? Um no. Mm-hmm. When they shouldn't have been. That come on, man. That's not that's not what this is all about. Um and uh we mentioned it Friday. I, I thought I thought this weekend there was gonna be a chance to to really see some stuff happen. I mean, I know, right? Like, duh. But I mentioned Saturday and and Arkansas beat Kansas, uh, which I thought was possible. I thought Penn State had a chance to beat Texas, and they did until late. And then you had the Princeton win over Missouri. Um, And um, what was it yesterday that uh, had kind of caught my attention? Oh, the so Creighton's moving on, which is which is neat to see. Um, you just can't count out Tom Izzo in the tournament. You just never can. And I now you've taken that one one more round. I know. <laughs> I should have wrote Me Izzo too. one more round. Because yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. better, right? You know, it's like I've been doing this long enough. I know. God, I can't uh, bet against them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And now everybody wants Calipari fired again. They were all excited for him mm-hmm. on Friday. Oh, you know what? He's not that bad. Oh, wait, no, I forgot. Fire him. Um, and I wanted to give you, uh, you and JC uh, kind of a shout out too, because y'all been singing the praises of Tennessee. I actually thought they were going to run into a brick wall against Duke this week because Duke's been playing so well, mm-hmm. and it was Duke that ran into the to the defensive brick wall of Tennessee and Rick Barnes. Uh, that was uh, it was a great weekend. I just oh, yeah, one of the, one of the better weekends I can remember for hoops. Yeah, it's been awfully fun to watch. I mean, even though it's been crazy and you know just completely unpredictable in certain situations, but I mean, looking at it now, you got 
it's pretty well. It's kind of chalky. Princeton being the 15, making the Sweet 16 is probably the biggest surprise. But every other every other Sweet 16 is a single digit uh, seed. So I mean, it's it typically works out like this, you know, JB, it was like, and I was talking to somebody earlier. I was like, yeah, you got to really look at the team in the first couple of rounds, but after that, you know, and, and how long they are, how long they've played together, but you get to a certain point where even a team that's been playing together for three or four years, that's, you know, upperclassmen loaded talent eventually finds its way to win these games in the later rounds, I think just because there is a talent gap between some of these upstart mid majors and of course your big top name programs. And eventually that talent typically, typically will win out. Yeah. You just, some of these guys just run out of gas, man. I mean, they just run Mm -hmm. out of gas and you saw a lot of that this weekend, like really close until just the last few minutes of the game and they just ran out of gas. They couldn't do it anymore. Um, yeah. hats, hats off by the way to Furman, uh, for, yeah. for what they were able to achieve in the, in the NCAA tournament. Oh, a quick, quick little nugget for you. Did, did anybody see, did you see the, uh, the GoFundMe, the $10 million GoFundMe to fire John Calabari? Calab- to get rid of Calabari? Yeah. Right, so, hey, so here's an, here's an update on this thing. They had one donor. Who put a thousand dollars into it, and then somebody at GoFundMe shut it down. <laughs> well, that coal money up there just ain't what it used to be, is it? Kentucky, it's not like being in Texas with all that oil money. <laughs> Hundred years ago, you'd have been able to afford that buyout. <laughs> yeah, dude. First of all, if they needed ten million, if Kentucky needs ten million to fire Cal, um, they got it. They'll get oh, it, yeah. okay. Uh, this is this is Kentucky blue blood money. It's 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 around there. That's number one. Number two, if you're a moron enough to donate to this type of campaign, you don't deserve to get your money back, dude. No, no, they should keep it. At least at least it needs to be penalized upon return. Like here, you gotta pay it. You gotta pay a 10% stupid tax. Yeah. 50 percent more on tax, 10% stupid tax. Like you you're you're basically gonna cough up a hundred percent of your money because you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry. Your athletic department will be able to find so, the money if they want to do it. Yeah, like <laughs> I think the guy's name who started this thing was uh, like Jorge. I got it somewhere. Hold on, uh, Jorge Masvidal. All right. <laughs> so was that really? Was it? Is he the one who really started it? <laughs> yeah. Is so who, Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, he's an is, MMA fighter, isn't he? I don't know. I, think I don't he know. Is. But Jorge Masvidal was about to take somebody's $10 million and go live the good life. No like, doubt. You know what? I'll let y'all come up with the money to fire him. Um, we'll just hold on to this for the next coach. Yeah, I bet you will, Jorge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just going to keep this right here in my pocket. Don't uh, worry. It's in good hands. <laughs> Bruin, Bruin Nation said, I would have donated to a GoFundMe to get rid of Muschamp. Well, I got news for y'all. Anybody that donates to a fund like this, yeah, I hate to tell you this. It ain't very smart because you, you're wasting your money. That money is not going to these coaches. These athletic directors aren't grabbing a GoFundMe check to say, okay, man, take a hike. 
we got the GoFundMe going. <laughs> That's not how yeah. it works. They're not You're already that. crowdfunding it through the booster clubs and the NIL collectives. It's like you don't <laughs> yeah. need to give more to Jorge Masvidal to <laughs> yeah. get rid of John <laughs> You're giving Calipari. money. You're giving money to somebody who's about to buy a new boat or something. Like <laughs> that's it. So, uh, oh my goodness. Anyways, well, Jorge got a grand, and then they uh, swooped in and shut him down. So uh, yeah. it looks like. It looks like even uh, it with after the hard work of Jorge Masvidal, John Calipari is temporarily safe at Kentucky. So yeah, so. for now, safe for now. Yeah. yeah. How I'm long safe. do you think they they're really going to put up with that though? I mean, it's it's got to be uh, nearing the end of its 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 rope here. I think that I think what will end up happening is John Calipari will end up leaving when he's re- you know on his own. I don't think they're going to need to come in and fire him. I really do. I think that he'll he'll probably want to leave, refresh for a year or two, and then you'll see him pop up somewhere else and kind of kind of go from there. But that's yeah, just my thought on it. So. Show up, he'll come back, just like you know Patino. He's coming back. Yeah. What? How about those Iona Gales? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought they'd have a better showing than they did. Right. Yeah, me I too. Agreed with you there. It's just yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you picked them, so yeah. Yeah. I got. I, I got stumped. I know, UConn, man. That's man. like UConn looks good. They they really do because I, I I was not expecting them to make this kind of run. I, I thought St. Mary's was going to beat them, but no, they didn't even put up a damn fight. No, dude. Everybody's talking about Michigan State, and Tennessee. Everybody can't wait to see Gonzaga, UCLA on Thursday night. I'm gonna tell you what, man. There is a good chance that of the four games that play in the Sweet 16 on Thursday night, that Arkansas and UConn is the best of all four. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. Look out, Kansas. That was a hell of a game, too. Been fine. It is. Everybody's uh, brackets okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hope nobody donated to Jorge Masvidal's buyout of of, uh, Coach K. If they did, I would contact your bank immediately uh, because that has been uh, totally, totally shut down. We're painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. LetMePaintSomething.com. Best prices in the state of South Carolina if you need your home painted, your fence painted, your deck painted, stained or anything. LetMePaintSomething.com. Find a couple of painters on Facebook. They paint our program Garnet and Black as well. When we return, Keith Alsep and then Derek Scott on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer it's really good southern cuisine based out of charlotte my hometown i hope you guys go check it out go cox and go nanas are you looking to buy a new home kevin o'connell with union home mortgage is a local mortgage expert and gamecocks fan servicing north and south carolina whether you're buying a home building your dream home with new construction or turning your equity into cash uhm's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals call kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit uhm.com today union home mortgage is an equal housing lender NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 
Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hot skillet with a little oil. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, hour number two here, presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662, to discuss a potential porch or patio enclosure. And, of course, joining us now on the McKellar Enterprises <clears throat> guest line, none other than the cockfather himself, Keith Alsep, the only man in America who picked Fairleigh Dickinson to actually make it to the Final Four. No, I kid. <laughs> <laughs> I did not uh, have Fairleigh Dickinson, but I really didn't like very many of the one seeds. Like, I agree. I picked. I agree with you. The winner of the Tennessee Duke game to win that regional. This is, uh, you can go check it out uh, as well on my big Thursday show, which was uh, actually our free show this past week. I like the winner of Texas. I think Texas could knock off Houston in a Lone Star uh, State Elite Eight matchup and I like the winner of UConn UCLA to win the other regional I I just did not think um, Purdue was all of that kind of like Stanford on the women's side Uh, I'm sure that's probably what you want to talk about but it's certainly been eventful Uh, you know really happy for uh, Furman you know, getting that win, and then I guess you know the the fifteen seed beats a two seed, and and Furman's win kind of got lost in the shuffle. That should have been like you know the story of the first weekend, and it wasn't because there were so many other big upsets. So I have a question for both of you. Bill Bill Gunner threw this at me this morning. Do y'all like a Final Four with? kind of chalk the top seeds or do you like to see a little uh you know upset flavor cinderella type stuff in the, in your final four i'm okay either way really i like you know maybe 75 percent chalk and then you know a random team doesn't hurt my feelings it just 
It all depends on the team, too, JB. It's like, because there's some coaches I pull for, like Izzo was one. I think, you know, I, I pull for Michigan State, you know, in certain circumstances just because of Tom Izzo. And then there's other ones that I, you know, don't want to see him do well because I don't like their coach. <laughs> so it's like, you know, if it's not my team, you know, if the Gamecocks aren't in it, it's like I've got all these different ins and outs of who I like and who I don't. And, uh, you know, it just, it all depends. I don't mind seeing an upstart jump in there. I mean, hell, we made the final four. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, you, you had Butler in the mm. final four back-to-back years, and they literally could have won it both times. I know. You know, yeah, you I had w- Wichita State. Mm. I think, didn't Greg Marshall make a final four? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so – I think it's it's great, you know, storylines. I think the networks are more like Colin Cowherd. Like, he wants the big brands in the Final Four. As a fan, I love the mayhem. I love the madness, right? Like, you love when Furman knocks off, you know, uh, a, a higher seed that you wouldn't think they have a chance to beat, right? You love it when Arizona, a two seed, goes down. You love to see, you know, two number one seeds out, mm-hmm. you know, on the first weekend. I mean, Purdue, I guess that's now only the, the second time in the history of the tournament a 16 has beaten a one. The other – was uh, the dubious honor of Virginia. And then the next year they won the national championship. And then this year they got knocked off by Furman. So. Yep. Yeah. You know. I, I just like the fact there's not going to be a Duke, North Carolina or Kentucky uh, in the, uh, in the final four. Didn't have I to worry about that. North Carolina. They didn't even make the, the dance. And then, then the arrogance of North Carolina, they say, Oh, no, we're not. Nah. We're not going the NIT. I didn't so. like that at all, Keith. I, nope. I don't – that was a – yeah. It just yeah. says to me there are serious issues up there. Like, I think they were afraid something would happen like happened to Clemson, which is they are one and done in the NIT. Like, I, you know, I don't know how much longer Davis will get at North Carolina if – he doesn't turn that thing around. I mean, it's the first time in history a team that played in the national championship and the preseason number one team in the country did not make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. look, let's face it. If they had Gigi, they would have won the national championship, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no yeah. doubt. They would have walked away with it. Yeah, it would have been. This thing would be – we wouldn't even be talking about it. We'd be just ready for – you know, we'd be just talking about Major League Baseball or something moving on. Um, so, Keith, uh, Carolina, I, I would say the real Carolina. I would say um, this weekend you probably got, at least offensively, this is just my uh, my opinion. I watched every minute of both games. I'd say you probably got a, a C-plus effort on offense, and I'd say on defense – uh, maybe a B plus or you know an A at times. Let's put put it this way: overall in two games, you didn't get the A game from the Gamecocks, but yet they won both games by by sixty three points. And you compare that with what's been around the country 
Um, you know, some of the others that people thought, well, hey, they could do it. Well, Stanford didn't. Ole Miss beat them by five. Uh, Iowa, that, that eight-point spread uh, by beating Georgia, that, that, wasn't, that didn't tell the whole story. Georgia had them on the ropes, uh, and they survived there. So, you know, I, I can't really say that any of the number ones this weekend really looked like the pure number one that you would think. But of those that did play, Carolina, even not at their best, was still dominating. We know they got to clean it up moving forward. But, whew, Keith, if you're playing your C game and you're winning by over 30 points, it's that speaks volumes about your program. Well, here's the thing the national media – does not get about South Carolina is their program is not about beautiful Princeton offense like UConn with the swinging the ball and the backdoor cuts and somebody filling from the weak side for wide open threes or getting wide open layups. South Carolina's program is built on Defense, rebounding, and toughness, and grit. And I think South Florida, after the first quarter, they essentially got put in the meat grinder. Okay. I thought South Carolina did bring A-level defense the final three quarters, and in particular in the second half against USF. They scored as many points – in the first quarter as they did in the entire second half, 16 second half points for USF. And, you know, you look at the rebounding numbers, I think it was uh, 55 to 28. Yeah. Yesterday it was 49 to 33. And then you look at the uh, opponent's field goal percentage, which South Carolina was number one in the nation. Norfolk State, 26%. USF, 29%. Mm -hmm. Um, South Carolina, you know, 40, I think 42%. And only 39% against Norfolk State. I thought they missed entirely too many layups. I mean, they were barely 50% against Norfolk State. And on Sunday, they were 12 for 28 on layups. 12 for 28. And then, um, the you know, from the free throw line against Norfolk State, they missed 16 free throws, 25 for 41 and only 13 of 18 on Sunday, which is still better percentage-wise. It's 71% versus 61%. But offensively, South Carolina does have to clean it up because I don't know that, you know, now it looks like you're on collision course for Caitlin Clark versus Aaliyah Boston in the Final Four. Although Iowa – could still get beat by anybody that's really athletic, like even Ole Miss beating Stanford. You know, I think last week I told you I didn't think Stanford was a one seed. Everybody talked about how great the roster is, but the bottom line is, for whatever reason, they were only going to give the ball to Haley Jones or the flopper, Cameron Brink. I mean, that was it. 
And um, I thought Coach Yo outcoached Tara Vanderveer. I thought their players were much quicker, much more athletic. And quite frankly, they just wanted it a lot more. And I think that's the thing. Those are the traits that she shares with Dawn Staley as a head coach is defense and nobody's going to play harder or tougher than we are. And when you have, you know, nine or 10 McDonald's All-Americans like South Carolina does, if you're tougher, even if you're not knocking down a ton of shots like I thought Zia Cook played really great the second round after not having a very good first game, she hit some big threes and key stretches for South Carolina. Um, they're going to need that. Because I still think every team is going to force South Carolina to have to beat them from outside. The problem is, is when you put Cardoso, L.A., and Aaliyah Boston out there, I mean, they are just going to rebound their own misses and make it or get to the free throw line. Well, that's, that's spot on. I mean, they, they just have so many ways they can beat you. And here we go again, Keith. Um, I just saw – did we lose Keith? Yeah. Oh. Keith just disappeared. That's okay. We'll get him back. He uh, yeah. he won't yeah. be going long. Nah. Um and and here we go again. I just saw on ESPN that um that one of their analysts Monica, Monica McNutt has stated that the only team that can <clears throat> slow down South Carolina is guess who? UConn. Oh, let me guess. UConn. Imagine yeah. that. Which the only yeah. way they could possibly do that, you know, the only way they would be able to play is in the national championship because they're on the opposite side of the bracket. Mm -hmm. um, and I just feel like that's a that's an interesting comment because when you look at Carolina's side of the bracket, um, you know, they they I don't want to say it's likely, but there's a high chance that they might have to go through two teams once again that they've already seen this year in both UCLA and Maryland. Yep. And then potentially in the final four, as Keith pointed out, you could see Iowa and Caitlin Clark. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities there of teams that have performed pretty well throughout the year. So kind of kind of have to keep an eye on that. But um Yeah, but I'd be you, surprised if they didn't have to play UCLA and Maryland. I think they're the, the well, you know, after South Carolina, they're the two best teams left on that side. Not well, just you, because they're seeded that way either. <laughs> yeah, and UConn UConn plays tonight at nine. They've got Baylor. Mm -hmm. And they are, um, yeah. And that's not your uh, Brittany Griner Baylor team this year. <laughs> no, no. thirteen and a half point favorites is um, is UConn in that game. UConn played Vermont in the uh, first round the other day, by the way, and beat them ninety five to fifty two. <laughs> not very close uh, in that ball game. So, um, but yeah, there I did see um, oh, who was this uh, Quantrell. Said classy move by Don going into the Norfolk State locker room. Speaks to your point, JB, about Don being the face of college basketball. I mean, I think she is. I mean, I think she's making a case for just being the face of basketball in general at, yeah. at any level. Um, and you mm -hmm. saw her in Asia a lot this weekend if you were watching TV. They were in about every commercial that aired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's, we got Keith back. Here we are. Welcome back, Keith. Yeah. Guys, I don't know what happened. My stream yard. Went outside and fire up the old uh, cell phone. Oh, you're all right. 
So let me ask you the question that Monica McNutt just stated uh, just 20 <laughs> minutes ago, that the only team that can uh, that can slow down South Carolina is UConn. Well, they would have to play in the national championship for that to for that to be the case. Is there would would do you buy that comment? Is there somebody else that can can they beat them? Is there someone else that's better suited to beat them? Only team that can beat South Carolina is South Carolina. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when, when we when I picked the brackets last week, I mean, I thought UConn if they were healthy every game and had their full complement of players, AZ Fudd, healthy, everybody else, that, you know, except Paige Beckers, I thought they could make, make it to the Final Four, but they're on the opposite side of the bracket, and so that would be a national championship rematch, and I just don't think UConn can beat Indiana, quite frankly. I think, to me, Indiana, I like them better than – everybody else but i mean it is a one game tournament i mean what happens if you know zia cook has a really bad game and Aaliyah boston's in foul trouble against iowa and i mean let's face it she gets every call i mean th they've been letting them play in the ncaa tournament but i mean if if georgia could make a layup georgia probably beats Iowa because they're more athletic. I just think South Carolina would roll over Iowa because I think South Carolina can put like four different players on Caitlin Clark and they don't have enough of a post presence against all the post players South Carolina can roll in. Uh, that's a that's a great point. I don't think anybody out there has the post presence that South Carolina's got. I got two questions for you. And then we've got Derek standing by, and we got to we got to get to him so we can get him out and back to work. But when you look at the bracket, what is the in your mind? When you think of, about the teams, Keith, the matchups, the players, you know, the, the 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 people involved in basketball, what is the best Final Four for the continued growth of the women's game? South Carolina. Iowa, so you could get that Caitlin Clark Carolina matchup. UConn, uh, is it is it Mulkey and LSU? Is it Indiana? And then this, the the next question I have is about Dawn. We mentioned some of this last week, and and I made a I, I feel like a pretty bold statement. I'm not a very big bold statement guy, but I I think Dawn Staley Keith has not only grown into the face of basketball, college basketball, men's and women's. I I think Dawn Staley's making a strong case for being the face of the sport of basketball. In America, how, how would you respond to that? Well, I couldn't agree more, JB. I'll answer the last one first. I mean, you see just how her profile's been raised over the NCAA tournament. You see her and Coach K doing the Capital One commercials, Asia Wilson on the Capital One uh, commercials. You see South Carolina in the Under Armour commercial. Um, men's basketball, because of the one and dones, it is a essentially a three-week sport in March. That's the only time America is watching. And 
So I think she has made a case because Coach K's retired, Roy Williams is retired. You've seen a lot of the the greatest coaches of all times that you know are not coaching any longer. And in the women's sport, you know, Gino and and Tara Vanderbeer are are both at the end of of you know the twilight of their careers. And so I think she is going to be the face of college basketball. As far as the Final Four, I think it's South Carolina and Iowa on one side. And then I think, you know, it's probably Indiana and UConn. I, to me, those would be the most talked about teams Indiana, you know, has been in the top two or three all year long. LSU just doesn't have enough players right now. They will eventually, I think. Uh, Boy, I mean, for somebody that really ridiculed the SEC for being down all year, the SEC really showed up in a big way in March Madness. But to me, those are the probably the preferred – I mean, my God, I mean, all those ESPN announcers would just be cutting backflips if UConn made it to the Final Four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got that right. And I I have been one of those people. I, I have looked all year long at the SEC and I, I just comparing it to the SEC, not to other leagues necessarily, but I have thought, well, this just isn't one of their better years. But well, I sure was wrong. If you're going to use the results of March to compare it, uh, <laughs> I would gladly. Like Notre Dame, I mean, I think that Niall Ivy, as a former player who won a national championship at Notre Dame, who was an assistant coach at Notre Dame when they won a national championship, her taking over, I think that's a compelling storyline, particularly for the future of the game. I think, you know, she's another superstar in the making and then i'm interested to see duke and iowa because nobody's higher on carol lawson as a player and a coach as i am and i just don't know if they got you know enough but they they will be ready uh uh, them in that two three matchup for sure can't wait to find out who carolina will play later on uh this week we've got uh oklahoma and ucla tipping off tonight around 10 o'clock on espn2 the winner of that gets the top seeded gamecocks great stuff keith gamecock pod live gamecock pod live and gamecock pod daily we got to let you run so we can squeeze Derek in my man thank you so much hey loved loved hearing john whittle and that's I mean, there was uh, a power outage in Athens because I think the Gamecocks, they just channeled all the power lines into their dugout. Man, they were mashing. And this guy lost his voice trying to call it. So we'll we'll get get Derek's take on it as well. Thanks, brother. Hey, guys. There you go. Thanks, Keith. All right. So I know we're a little late. Um, what do you want to do? You just, we'll, we'll go ahead. We'll hit, we got a two-minute break. You want? Uh, yeah, but we could just bring Derek in if you want to. We'll go ahead and bring Derek in? Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I don't want to. He's been, he's been patiently waiting patiently for waiting. so long. Yeah. 
Well, we'll That's do right. that. So we'll skip through so, the break here and um, and get and right to the great in. voice of Gamecock baseball and basketball. Uh, let's let's see. Where's the bourbon and where's the honey? They didn't have any at the hotel, man. They didn't have any. Honey. <laughs> they have they, yeah. I had to go without. Oh so, yeah, it is what it is. I want to see the doctor later this afternoon. We'll see if he has any great solutions for this mess. Yeah, it's called uh, tell your baseball team to keep some of the balls in the yard and you won't have to scream so much. Nah, we don't, don't, think we don't want to do that. To, this goes back to last Saturday. So, no, I, it was not oh. Georgia related. But uh, but either way, it was it was good. If, if I had to uh, lumber through, better to lumber through three wins than, uh, than something else, that's for sure. Well, Derek, yeah, man, this is best start since 2000. They're 20 and one. Um, I, let's start with Coach Kingston, man, uh, because th- he was every move he made this weekend worked, and mm-hmm. and it's really been like that most of the year. Um, but there were those moments, in particular, of course, the Braswell moment that felt very old school Carolina baseball. It felt very Coach Tannerish, like you're bringing a guy in off the bench. You really haven't seen much of him. Bang, he hits one down the line, and and you're sitting here going. That's amazing. These coaches might know a little bit more than the rest of us do. Um, you know, uh, he, he just it's it's neat to to see it all unfolding because I know they've been working hard. I know they like their team, but he's been making some magical moves and, and they sure are on one hell of a run right now. Yeah. And the Braswell move was positive on so many levels. It's not like Major League Baseball. You don't see a ton of pinch hitting opportunities pop up. They just don't pivot that direction too often, but this one did. And it turned out to be incredibly important because I don't think game two goes the way it does. If game one doesn't finish uh, the way that it finished. And that was both the Braswell hit and uh, South Carolina wiggling off the hook in the bottom of the ninth. But, uh, but no, you know, young man who's I'm sure the adversity has been challenging to deal with because he started last season being treated as a god because of how well he swung the bat and played the field and pitched in non-conference play. And it didn't necessarily carry over into SEC competition, and that's completely understandable. Uh, But to then this year be faced with not being in the lineup, not being able to find a spot in the lineup, uh, whether it be at short or at third, I'm sure it's been humbling for him, but he's kept his head up and he's kept working hard, and they've been working on getting his swing back to focused on, you know, line drives, not trying to get launch angle. And he falls into that, that trap occasionally, like so many do, but lately it's been better. And that's what coach Kingston told me. He said, based on what he had seen from Michael in recent practices, which, you know, duh, that's what coaches make decisions around (laughs) what they see in practice, what the rest of us don't see. Um, That that's why he decided to call his number. And I, I, hey, I'll admit it. I was surprised when that was who came out of the dugout as a pinch hitter, but it worked out phenomenally well. And uh, and I heard you talking to Whittle earlier. Do not undersell the the play he made defensively. Yeah. At third base, because that was the only situation where Carolina may have pulled the wrong lever, and they got away with it uh, because the plan was they had. Cade warming up and they had Eli warming up. Cade was coming in if it was a tie game. Eli, if we had the lead. But Cade had gotten started sooner. And then that inning ended so quickly. If you remember, after Michael had the two run double, 
what were we, two pitches later, line drive, snag, double play, inning over. Yeah. So it was they were in scramble mode then. So then the question is, okay, we've got the lead. Is Eli ready? Well, let's just say the word back coming back to the dugout from the bullpen may not have been based as much in fact as it was in hope. And so when Eli got to the mound, pitching or coaching staff, I think, identified pretty quickly, uh-oh, he's he's not loose. He's not ready, but we got to go with him now. And you could see in his early struggles that he didn't have the kind of stuff that we've seen him have wow. so many times previously this season. And Carolina, thanks to a great play by uh, Braswell and an awfully good play by Wimmer, yep. were able to avoid disaster there. Well, Eric, with the, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, the success they had in Georgia, where everybody's talking about the 10-run rule. We haven't used it all year, although could have done it nine times, <laughs> including the two that we actually did flex this weekend. But what impact, positive or negative, does that have on the team as a whole? Uh, I think, you know, you, you want to. I think we were told early on that you want to develop depth, so you're just going to play the entire game. But now that you're in conference play, is that we're kind of past that at this point? And, yeah. you know, is there a psychological aspect of it for, you know, our team as opposed to the other one? I just think the longer the season goes on, the less wear and tear on guys, the better. Mostly your arms, you're thinking in those terms. Now, this staff has a lot of depth, so it wouldn't be nearly the concern. But, I mean, goodness, think back to last year. There were plenty of times in conference play last year where we were on the wrong end of that, and we would have nonetheless welcomed it. You know, Let, let's not ask our middle infielders to pitch the ninth inning. Yeah. There's nothing beneficial to come from that. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I'm glad the league went that direction. I'm shocked that it's already coming to play twice on opening weekend, obviously. But that's good news when when you're pitching it and you're hitting it the way this team is. Hey, man, the pitch, the pitch clock situation, what, what happened there the other day, uh, yesterday? I'd love to know. I, okay. I, I mean, that's still such a mystery. I mean, if you remember um, what Carolina does is they don't go shift immediately in an at-bat. Once there's a strike for a left-handed batter, once it's a 0-1 count, 1-1 count, Tal Lee Croy will then jog over from third to second. Well, in this instance, he was doing so, but on the mound, Jack was uh, working pretty quickly. And so Tal almost didn't get to his position on a couple of those. And so he made it a point to say, hey, hold on here. Let Let me get where I'm going. Well, the pitch clock didn't reset. And this is just my evaluation of it. It's not as if they ever come and explain it to us in the radio booth. But uh, that that was the closest thing I could come to, to an explanation as to why we had that single violation. And, and, you know, the funny thing was, at first I thought it was, a you know, a balk. And then you realize, well, no, the runner at third did not get to come home. So thankfully that's not what it was. So right. it didn't end up really hurting South Carolina. It's the first time we've been really touched by that new rule which I'm all in favor of. Look at game times right now. We are flying along. Um, I mean, this past weekend, even that thrilling nine-inning game, uh, we were done in um, two hours and 21 minutes. And that's been norm here lately. So I I love it. But, yeah, that, that was the one time we've seen it come into play. And no harm, no foul. Yeah, I, 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 you don't ever know. Uh, And we're seeing this all over the place. I, I think one of the things that I took the most, uh, well, I, I, 
I don't even know what the word would be frustration in maybe is you got coach Kingston, not, not to turn this into a negative conversation. Carolina swept Georgia this weekend. Let's move on. But coach Kingston walks out to ask him a question and they got, no, you stay outside of the the dirt. I'm like, Oh, give me a break. He's trying to come ask a question. He's not out there, you know, trying to embarrass you, you know, I mean, come on, you know, we're, we're getting a little touchy with some of this stuff. JB, um, them's the rules. Yeah. The rules. Well, you know, we, we need to we need to bend them here and there. If you got a guy who's coming out like a bat out of hell, I get it. But, you know, Coach Kingston, <laughs> generally when he walks out of the dugout, he walks out under, you know, he's he's calm. He just wants to ask and let's let's get a rule here. But uh, anyways. All right. So w- when you kind of look around, uh, Derek, you, you you look around the league this weekend. Sweep, 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 sweep. One of those sweeps. Missouri. Yeah. And, um, you know, you certainly couldn't have tackled me before the season and said, no, you're going to have 20 and one South Carolina, almost top 10 in the country, three and zero after the opening weekend, three and zero Missouri sweeping yeah. Tennessee, number two in the nation, uh, battling it out at, at, at Founders Park. Um, it's amazing this league. And what we saw this weekend is not necessarily indicative of what we're going to see this coming weekend and for the rest of the year. But how would you describe thus far what you've seen out of the SEC now that we're a weekend opening opening league? Play? It's been stunning. I mean, there have been some flexes by the teams you expected that out of, like LSU going into A&M and playing the way they did. Uh, but, I mean, Kentucky's won either 13 or 14 in a row right now. They are right. absolutely rolling. They swept Mississippi State opening weekend. They're playing great. Missouri, this was not a fluke. If you go back and look at how well they played opening weekend in one of those neutral side events against real quality Big 12 competition, they won two out of three. Uh, That shocked everybody initially, and they have not let up. They've won every series this week, this season so far. So, yeah, them sweeping Tennessee caught us all by surprise, but them playing as well as they are playing is has been evident now for a few weeks. Uh, so really impressed. And, and on the one hand, I don't know what Tennessee's lineup holds right now. They had to replace so many guys, and they went you know through the portal to do it. But it may not be materializing just yet. But I don't think anybody questions the quality of those three starting pitchers that they brought back. And Missouri got after all three of them. That's what really caught me by surprise. So South Carolina is at home this weekend. We have the strength of our starting pitching to really rely upon. But don't think for a minute that Tennessee didn't think they had the same thing going for them last weekend. Well, that's a great point. Missouri hung 23 runs on the board against the Vols. And, and that kind of carries into the coming out of this weekend for South Carolina. I mean, you saw it up close and personal. What type of Georgia team did they beat? Because Derek, I you know they've been playing well going into this into the into the series. Georgia had their their middle of the order guys, Condon and Tate, can swing it. We saw what the Daggum third baseman could do this weekend. The Harbor kid, yeah. um, every time he walked to the plate, I was like, oh god, this guy again. Um, Liam Sullivan, the lefty that they humped out there in in game two, was by the numbers basically the best left handed starting pitcher in the country. Uh, walking into the weekend, Jade Woods, the guy that they threw out on Friday night, is an exceptional left-handed arm. Um, I, my key, we talked to Coach Lake on Friday and, and kind of mentioned my key to this to the whole series for Carolina was how early can you get into the bullpen? 
Well, even though Woods went pretty deep in game one, Sullivan did not in game yeah. two, and, and they got in there and started banging him around. So, But those were their superstars. What type of Georgia team did you see to kind of help us evaluate this sweep? I, uh, you know, taking a few cues from their broadcasters too, you know, you talk to the guys that see them every day. They don't have real high expectations this year. I think that Sullivan's performance earlier this year may be a little bit of fool's gold. Uh, I don't know that I see that kind of top-end SEC talent out of him. That's just my opinion. I haven't seen him the last couple of years. He he rarely, if ever, gets stretched out. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to go through the order more than twice. Um, Woods, you're asking to go from a reliever to a Friday night guy. That's not an easy ask. I think he's probably more of a Saturday guy, uh, and they frankly don't have an option for Sunday. So I don't think the uh, rotation is going to be is going to play real well in this league. Bullpen definitely has some question marks. I mean, they hit the portal hard to plug guys in from places like Wofford and elsewhere. And I mean, you know, that I don't think that's going to be a disaster. But they don't have any, you know, any any big ticket guys there. I like the lineup. Certainly, one through five, I really like the lineup. I think it's real solid. Uh, I don't know about the back end as much, but no, the, you know, when you're seeing what you're seeing so far out of Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, I, I kind of feel like Georgia may be at the back end of this east east side of things when it's all said and done this year. Derek Scott, the voice of Gamecock baseball. All right, how would you describe James Hicks and, and the role he has on this team? He can do whatever you need him to do. I mean, he's still, you know, I don't think we're in any way writing him off as a guy who could end up being a part of the rotation at some point because we know how long the season can be. Uh, but, boy, he, he he looks comfortable doing what they asked him to do, you know, against Clemson in terms of a longer relief outing. He comes in under fire uh, in Athens. Handled that magnificently. Seems very mature. Um, yeah, I, I think he's he is that swing guy that you can get a lot of different problems solved with, which is a, a really nice piece to have at your disposal if you're Mark Kingston. Oh, man. You know, he's uh, – yeah, I, I agree with you, Derek. I, I think anywhere they need him – I'll be interested, interested to see if he finds, like, a specific role because right now mm -hmm. it's kind of like, well, this is what we need you, so you got to come in. Um with that said, you know, I, I don't know. I mentioned this to 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 Whittle earlier. I, I can't remember the last time. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen this, actually. After 21 games, opponents ERA versus the Gamecock hitters is 10.89. <laughs> um, that's unbelievable, quite frankly. And that, that number is going to come down because they've got 22 games left on the schedule against top 25 opponents. Uh, but, but, Derek, it, offensively, this this is this is really incredible, and it's not the mid nineties anymore. And you know, Monty told us before the year, don't get cheated. That's what he told his guys: don't get cheated, don't get cheated. Well, they're not getting cheated. Um, the balls that are leaving the yard, like, how do you describe these things? I mean, they're 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 missiles, Derek. They're, I, they're, had, they're not landing. I've had one person tell me they suspect the bats are hot, not meaning South Carolina's, meaning in general, that the bat companies are pushing the envelope to try and make up for the money they lost during COVID. I've had someone else tell me, nah, I think it's probably more the baseball. I, I don't know what it is. Homers are up nationally, but they're not up like they're up here. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have almost reached our season total already. 
rating. We will probably have the season total from last year eclipsed by this time next week. In fact, I'd be shocked if we don't. Might have it wow. by tomorrow night. Um, but it is, uh, it, it's really impressive. You, you see the kind of power out of a guy like Cassis who hit that ball over the video board uh, yesterday on an off-speed pitch. And uh, exit velo on that was 108, I think. Um, and he's topped 110 multiple times. He has that inside-out ability, hits it out the opposite way, does not ever seem to expand his zone, just completely seems content with taking the walks and the hit-by-pitch, plays with a flair that almost has a WWE heel feel to it. If he's with you, you love him. If he's on the other side, oh, you want to strangle the guy. Uh, he's the most, I, I laughingly said, he's the most Vandy guy to ever leave Vandy. Oh, uh, but <laughs> he's, he's ours now. So we're going to live with that. Um, and, but I mean, the juice that Petri's got going, I heard you guys speculating on that bomb yesterday. So I did a little digging uh, unofficially 447. No way. Yeah. Wow. It, it was a tank. And uh, that and ball he's just 500 got so if it was, a mo- <laughs> it was an inch, so, so much bad speed, man. And he is fun to watch, he, he really is. And, and I mean, Cole Messina is doing now what I thought he'd do some of last year. And it, there's just guys in the middle of that order. I mean, you know, you can't get too crazy about it because it's early, and like you said, this league is going to come get you. But man, I oh, mean, you just have to feel so good about what you're seeing so far. Um, and there's still some things to be shaken out, but you're never going to have one through nine hot at the same time. It just doesn't happen. So uh, feel like you've got some guys who maybe aren't going right now who were earlier or are capable of it. There's just, there's options there. And that, that's really, that's really good to see. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not buying that. Whoever it is over at Georgia was like five seventeen. Let's, let's settle on about four forty. <laughs> Was, don't blame him, JB. He just ran out of fingers when he was that guy at Georgia. <laughs> that, that ball was hammered. And I've seen some balls leave that yard. I mean, uh, Smoke and Disher hit a couple in the as part of the five in a row in 06. Smoke hit another one in 08 over there that broke a tree limb in right field. That all, you, tree all there. you need to know about what I thought was coming there based on past experiences is when I texted Kent, our SID, to say, hey, where are we supposed to park this year? And he said, I think it's that left field lot. I'm in that beautiful Lexus that uh, Jim Hudson gave us to travel in. And I said, that that's not happening. That is not <laughs> happening. And so I called Chris, UGA's SID. I said, hey, bud, just I played dumb. Hey, last last time we were over here, you put us in that lot behind home plate. Are we? Is that where we're supposed to park again? And Chris, just being the nicest guy, once said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll have somebody get that gate open for you." I was more willing to take a chance on a foul ball than I was on being in left field for three games, and I don't regret that in hindsight. <laughs> no, no, that was a wise uh, decision. Yeah. Well, and jo- you know, Georgia's guys can't hit a couple balls out of the yeah. yard too. That uh, were yeah, that just... ball Condon hit yesterday was no no cheapy. That's for sure. No, no, it, it has been remarkable to to see this, and hopefully it continues tomorrow night against Charlotte, uh, Derek, and then of course on into the weekend with with Missouri. Um, we uh, we'll let you run on that note, and I know that you've been struggling with your with your voice, so hopefully you you figure it out because it's a long season, and you know you gotta 
you don't have a choice. You just got to figure it out. Smart I, people would have smart people would decline things like this. I'm not a smart person. So here I am. <laughs> well, no, that's what you initially did decline it. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, you 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 came to your. Uh, I will. I've got to. I, I I got to regurgitate though what I texted you on Saturday because I, I was sitting outside. I was watching the game and listening to y'all. Okay. And when um when Tommy said, "Well, we haven't uh, we haven't seen the the straight change as much here in the first 3 innings and you immediately chimed in with, "Well, I think so, I think that's what he hit the home run on home run yeah. on Tommy." Tommy immediately right back. Oh, good reason. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing at that exchange of words. Uh, it is so it is so good to have y'all in our household 60 something times a year. Uh it is just awesome. So, thank you. Thank you, Derek. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, guys. And All uh, right, we, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Safe travels to the Queen City and um and I, I actually might be up there on Saturday, so I'll text you and let you know and I'll come up and say hello. Sounds good. Hey, how right. do you think Missouri is going to respond to playing yesterday in 32 degree temperatures? And we're going to be above 80 on Friday night when they uh, roll in, you know? I saw that. Is the high on Friday 86 in Columbia? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like a 50 degree swing yeah, yeah. from weekend to weekend. Yeah, that yeah. might explain a little <laughs> bit about Tennessee's lack of uh, enthusiasm yesterday, too, playing a doubleheader in 32 feels like 25. I wouldn't have been real excited about that either. Well, it wasn't. Um... Saturday was fairly chilly as well. Yesterday was chilly in Athens, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah but cool. sunny in upper forties is a different animal than sitting on top of that hillside in Columbia, oh. Missouri. Uh, no thanks, man. No it's thanks. A, it's is that the? I don't want to put you in a troublesome spot here, but of all the ballparks that you could call games, where would you? Yeah, it's okay. it's unchallenged. Yeah, I, mean, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Enough said. Far the worst. So, yeah, and they know. That, I mean, I'm not telling them anything they don't know. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Get that voice right, man. Can't wait to hear it again tomorrow night. We'll give it a swing. See you guys. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, there Derek. The great voice of Derek Scott. Uh, the voice of the Gamecocks, Derek Scott, here on our program. Travelingcountryclub.com. As we are set to hit a timeout here, Travelingcountryclub.com is the new club. For anybody that knows how to swing a golf club, it's the only club that'll let me be a part of it. I guarantee you they'll let you in it as well. It is the modern golf club experience. Travelingcountryclub.com. Over 40 courses that you can play in both North and South Carolina. And Charleston and Myrtle Beach and the Midlands and the Upstate and the Charlotte area. Waynesville, North Carolina, soon to be Mount Mitchell Golf Club. They've got some coming down in the Hilton Head area everywhere how about santee if you've ever played golf in santee you know what i'm talking about it is a lot of fun to play up there like lake marion uh or the sand all those courses there's three beautiful courses in santee you can get on all these courses i'm talking about 20 bucks 25 bucks just by joining travelingcountryclub.com and their low monthly fee it's incredible travelingcountryclub.com gamecock owned and operated tee it up this spring Today is the first day of spring, as a matter of fact. So celebrate by joining TravelingCountryClub.com. Time out. We'll be right back. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan, 
and many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe, yeah. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. Endless summer. Go Tigers. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game pops. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to The Show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express on Rooms of Columbia. A couple of quick hitting segments here before the end of the show. But 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with our friends at Express Sunrooms. Give them a call. Mention you heard it here. Go with the project. They'll give you $500 off of the project Ooh. cost. Yeah. Wow. And, hey, good day, Tim. Good yeah, to see good you here in the chat box, Tim. All right. Hey, Tim. Future. Because he's from Australia. It's yeah. already game day for the baseball team down there. And it, hey, I got a question for you, Tim. Is this the first day of autumn for you? Is that how this works? Being in the Southern Hemisphere, isn't, uh, everything's reversed, right? Wow. No, no, does that work? That is, uh, that is, yeah, that's an interesting question. Huh. Stay tuned. <laughs> that answer coming up. They probably still call it spring. It just isn't as warm. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It may well, take him till tomorrow to find out. But. He might. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a, he might be a plate over there. Uh, electricbikescharleston.com powering our program, powering the state of South Carolina. Electricbikescharleston.com. Gamecock owned and operated. First day of spring. Celebrate with your tax money. Head to Electric Bikes of Charleston. Get you a. A powerful ride that can take you up to 60 miles and allow you to travel up to 28 miles per hour. If you got some tax dollars, I'm telling you, this is an investment from the beach to the mountains. They power us South Carolina, Electric Bites Charleston, electricbitescharleston.com. We just do it on the 1st instead of the 20th. Oh. Tim, what well, are the lottery I mean, numbers? 
<laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. Good thought, Krieger. Yeah, <laughs> tell us, tell yeah. us, Tim, from the future. Well done. <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done. All right, we do need to uh, squeeze in one more timeout. We we do apologize for that. However, when we come back, I've got a couple of nuggets to pass along for Gamecock football. You'll want to hear that. I assure you. Right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. New year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Daddy, I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation or, you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Cox! Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how you get in touch with them. You know the drill. John B. at expresssunrooms.com. They'll be happy to add some sunshine into your life this summer. I was uh, just I, looking I, at Bond's lottery numbers. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, he would be the did. ultimate blind squirrel if those hit, by the way. Yeah, that would be. Uh, you use them first and let me know how it works. I'm I'm just oh, gonna uh, just let see how the how the draw goes, and if he's right, then perhaps we'll we'll listen to him next time. Or we'll, we'll use it. We'll <laughs> use them ourselves to cut into blind squirrels' uh, winnings and uh, yeah. take first, so so we can help uh, contribute to the uh, John Calipari firing fundraiser on uh, <laughs> on right. GoFundMe. Um, 
to carry on joiner today uh did mention a couple of times um that he feels pretty good uh, at running back he stated that um he's been spending most of the time there thus far and that he can uh, go back to receiver pretty much whenever he wants to he said that coach beamer had uh, suggested that he turn himself into a running back potentially and he said hey man if i need to do it i'll do it and uh he feels really good about it as well uh, i did speak with a source over the weekend on this and um and he from from what i understand has looked good um you know you, you do have a new offensive coordinator so i think that that is probably certainly something that is helpful right here because he's being very careful with trying to get everybody on the same page and uh evaluating who can do what and where and this that and the other so it's not like uh like he's kind of got a clean slate you know what i mean and he's athletic enough to play running back but the source i spoke to who would who would know um said yeah he's he's actually looked pretty good uh not that they're not still going to try to sign a running back or two but um but this might be an answer here for the gamecocks and it might not just be a a you know plug the hole type answer phil it might be an answer that you actually you open the season, you go, why hasn't this guy been a running back for the last three years? <laughs> that type of answer. <laughs> uh, so we'll have to wait and see. But uh, so far in spring practice, so good for to carry on Joiner. Yeah, it speaks to his athleticism, too, because after that bowl game, we were like, well, why has he not been, you know, in the, in the quarterback rotation when we needed Why doesn't it, you know? he throw the ball to himself? Why doesn't he throw? I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, here's the thing. I mean, and I've always, you know, I've, I've, I've definitely always thought this about him. Um, he's just a dynamic playmaker, man, when you get him the ball. Uh, I mean, you know, and, and I was happy to see that we were shortening the distance between him and the ball over this year and 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 if we're gonna put him back there as a running back i think he'll you know he'll be fully capable of handling those duties and and whatever aspect he's asked yeah uh he's well they're not going to they're not gonna put a kid at running back in the sec that can't play running back in the sec right yeah no (laughs) no you got too much building up, you know, too much going for you leading into this to, to make a, a dumb decision yeah. like that. Yeah. Not saying he would be a dumb decision because if he is the number one running back, then they've obviously made a, you know, what they thought was the best choice. Yeah. And that is, uh, this is certainly something we're going to make sure that we uh, discuss tomorrow. We've got guests all week, even without JC. We, uh, we have plenty of people popping in. Yeah, we've loaded uh, it up. We're going to bring in the best people since he's not here. No. <laughs> <laughs> make him jealous i know uh we'll have cloninger at some point in addition to our regular guests i should say kip bought night kip bought night i believe will be joining us on wednesday um uh, we do have Stuart lake uh, once again he's now a regular guest um but uh we, we're gonna be mixing plenty of football this week as well because believe it or not we're gonna look up and it's gonna be time for the spring game Can you believe that be crazy i know it's nuts yeah we're less than a month away yeah and it's coming quick uh plenty of hoops to uh keep an eye on tonight don staley by the way if you missed it has been named a naismith coach of the year finalist she has won it twice just last year as a matter of fact and back in 2020 she is a finalist for the sixth time in 10 seasons and speaking of don staley in the Gamecocks, they will find out their next opponent after tonight's 10 o'clock tip-off between fifth-seeded Oklahoma and fourth-seeded UCLA. And what it 
got a chance to be a, a a pretty interesting night of women's hoops. UConn and Baylor play. Duke's got six seed to Colorado. Indiana's going to play tonight as the top seed. Tennessee's playing. North Carolina and Ohio State. There's a bunch of good stuff going on in, uh, in women's hoops. So we'll certainly keep our eyes on that. And then we will also be keeping our eyes on the World Baseball Classics. Team USA is in the final, and they're going to find out whether they play Japan or Mexico after they play today. So that's, uh, that's something we didn't get into today, but we'll certainly get into it later on uh, tomorrow. Go Team USA. All right, we're out of here. Thanks to Derek Scott and Keith Alsep and John Whittle and all of you. And always, thanks to the guy behind Master Controls, Dr. Phil. Molinax. Dr. Phil. Uh, we return <laughs> at 11 a.m. tomorrow from the Sinorama Studios inside the Gamecocks, the show, and we'll see you then. <laughs>